Oh, thank God. Uh, CEO and co-founder of Cape Movement. We were chatting a few minutes ago, not too far away, both Pennsylvania folks. So that's always fun. Where'd you grow up and did that have any inklings of your entrepreneurial journey later in life? So I grew up in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, and I lived there until I went to college. And I went away to Penn State for college and I, I didn't move back after. I, I stayed I would come visit and I would stay with my parents, but I would I I had just visions of doing more and really expanding my wings. I ended up moving to New York City and going to grad school at New York University and living in Manhattan for two years. And and my husband is also from Penn I we met at Penn State, but he's from New York. So we ended up staying hmm. on Long Island and I got my first job there and so on and so forth. But I'm back in Pennsylvania. The entrepreneurial journey began when I moved back here. Okay. Well, I guess in a way it inspired me, but I also think it was more so who you're connected with and who you surround yourself with. Sure. And I was finding different avenues for entrepreneurship through direct sales and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I started working for a wine company. That was my first experience with direct sales. We did wine tastings and donated to various charities, which was just so cool. And I thought that was my path, right? I mm-hmm. thought that was my path. I'm a speech therapist by trade. I saw so, that. I yes. saw that. That's very, I always, our little guy, my five-year-old had speech therapy mm-hmm. when he was little, but I, we were pretty convinced it's because my daughter, who was only a year older than every team months older than him, would never let him talk. Once he finally started <laughs> to get out of her shadow, he was fine. But mm-hmm. I always, there's a soft spot in my heart for Aww. speech therapists. Let's rewind a little bit. Penn State, New York, mm-hmm. University. Where'd you go after college? Where'd you go? Was that right to the wine tasting after that? So after college, I got my first job as a speech therapist in a school district on Long Island. And I, that's where I planted my roots for the time being. And I stayed there throughout my marriage. And I had two children. And then I just was... Again, feeling restless, I guess you would call it. Is this what I want to be doing? Is this where I want to live? And and it, it turns out that just the stars aligned and there was an opening for a speech therapist at a school in Pennsylvania right near where I live now. And my sister works in the district. My friend works, it, is the principal of the school. And it was just like a perfect time for me to say, okay, this opportunity didn't fall on my lap for no reason. I need to pursue this. So I only had New York licensure. So I had to go through the whole process of getting licensed in Pennsylvania, which if any of you out there have ever done is it's an undertaking. It really is. And when I was doing my my initial paperwork, when I first got my job, when I was in my early 20s, you take a test and they didn't even have them electronically recorded. So I had to go through the state and find out where my score was for this test and that test. Nothing was documented electronically. So it was, it just took a lot longer than I wanted. Mm -hmm. I think I did a month and a half of work to try and get my licensure in Pennsylvania. So I was on a mission. I was on a mission. I was very dedicated to this move. So got my job in Pennsylvania, moved myself and my two children, who my daughter was barely two and my son was almost five, to Pennsylvania left my husband in Long Island to work and sell the house and figure out where he was going to work down here. And then we just, we made it work and we've been here for eight years now. Do you feel like, and this is probably wrong, but as a speech, do you, do you feel like you grabbed any of the Long Island accent when you're up there? I feel like, I feel like I hear just like a slight little Mm -hmm. bit of it. 
Yeah. Is it a little bit of it, do you think? Yes. I, think, I, I want to make sure I wasn't making it up. No, I lived there for 15 years. So, yes. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I did okay. pick up a little bit of it. And what's ironic is when I went to college, I didn't know I had a Pennsylvania accent. Right. And my friends who were from New York were like, what are you saying? <laughs> Something so simple as to say the word notes. I would say Nates or Fang, right. right. yeah. Twang. And I had no way, I was not aware that I had that accent until I went to school. So mm -hmm. I've been hyper aware of it since. So when I moved back here, now my kids are growing up here and I'm trying to like neutralize their accents. I don't want them to have that strong twang because I don't like how it sounds. And it just doesn't sound good to me. No offense okay. to anybody, but it's just now that I've been out of it to come back in, I hear myself saying a couple things with mm -hmm. the twang, but I've tried to keep it pretty neutral. Okay. <laughs> I'm from Virginia originally and it's taken me a long time to... Lose a lot of, not that I wanted to, it just naturally happens when you're somewhere. I think mm -hmm. I've been here like 15, 20 years, but same thing. Lost it over time, but I, it still comes back when I go home. My wife's, who are you? She didn't <laughs> recognize me for a few minutes when we get, especially when I'm ordering food, I'll call people darling and stuff. Who the hell are you? Uh, Tell me how you got to the Cape Movement. We bounced around a little bit. You went up to New York, you came back. Mm -hmm. What was the catalyst to start the Cape Movement project? Sure. So this project was born out of a moment in time of my life where I was feeling my, like I needed to pour into myself. I wasn't really, I was feeling stagnant and that energy of just feeling like, is this it? like I felt when I right before I left New York. Is this it? Is this where I want to be? Is this what I want to do? I was working with really special needs children who I love and will always love. But I my fire was going out. My my flame was dimming and I and mm. it wasn't nothing to do with where I was working or who I was working with or any anything like that. It was just a moment of feeling that I needed to feel fulfilled in, in a different way. And my desire to make an impact far and wide was really sitting with me. And it was during COVID that all of this happened that I, I ended up investing in a mindset program. No idea, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I, I was just seeking. Jay, like, just yep. So I was willing to do anything to try and really pour into myself and build myself up and just to make me a better mom, a better wife, a better human. And I just knew that that a mentor is the only way, like really the best way to do that. So yep. I invested in a program. And from there, I met my business partner, Angie, who's also an educator. She's just since left the district, too. So she and I kept saying to ourselves, we're learning really cool stuff. Like We're learning about the mind. We're learning about the subconscious mind. And we're learning about goal setting and our how to process emotion and paradigms which is a word that i had never heard of and i and if i didn't know what it was mm -hmm. so all this to say that the what we were learning in this program was it was life-changing for me and if you've ever read the book think and grow rich that's where my mentor he was he's been a pioneer in this industry since this began really and in that book think and grow rich and also our, our two of our mentors would always say this isn't taught in schools this wasn't taught in schools. If your your teachers couldn't give that to you because they weren't taught it in school. So there's a whole lineage of folks who are teaching the same things over and over again, but not really getting down to how we learn, how our mind works, who we want to be, where we want to go, what we want to do. Yeah. And it results in a lot of confusion for our children, for even adults. There's a reason why the mental health stats are through the roof with depression, anxiety, suicide, 
attempted suicide. It's just wrong. It's just it just right. shouldn't be this way. There's, our children should not be feeling this way. And so our desire sparked a flame into what we've created is loosely based on the mindset program that we were involved with called Thinking Into Results. Mm-hmm. And we took a lot of the concepts we were learning, plus added more and developed programming that's bite-sized and digestible, easily digestible by a range of children. And the way that it's different from other, I guess you would call it a social emotional learning program that your kids probably had an SEL program implemented in their school, is that we target the programming. So uh, we all have programs that come down from our, our ancestors, like through and through years, right? Through, through generation. And some of those programs really are beneficial to us and they, it works for us and our family, but some of them aren't. And that's okay. But the reason why it's okay is because we have every opportunity to change that. And so that is our goal is to really allow our children to feel happy within themselves, have that self-confidence and understanding about themselves that I think is lacking in our formal education. Is it a course that you're selling to uh, individuals or like parents or is it schools? Like what are, who are your customers? So all of the above. Okay. We've been told by several people that we work have hired to help us build this, that we have to niche down. And we struggled with that for a while because we have something for everyone. So if you sell to everyone, you're selling to no one. So we put, we poured our hearts into educators in a school district in Ohio and put them through the mindset program, but just for them, not the children. It was like really to fill their cup. Sure. We just finished that. But our main focus right now is to really get our children involved mm-hmm. and present it to as many folks as possible to really help families with the process of the kids really understanding who they are and not feeling terrible sometimes. But if they do, to know how to adjust and to pull tools out to get through hard times, we're all going to go through them. Right. It's right. how armored are we with tools to to deal with stuff that comes our way. I, there's a book I read recently called The Happiness Trap, mm-hmm. and it talks about uh, the big thing. There's a bunch of that's a great book. I really recommend it. A lot of it's talking about it equates to the, your emotions and the things you go through as a storm, and you're a boat at sea. Like you're never gonna be able to uh, make the storm go away when you want right. it to. But if you anchor yourself and you can get through it and weather the mm-hmm. storm, and then the other side, eventually you'll be fine, right? So it's, mm-hmm. I think it's a great, it's a great mindset for kids. I didn't learn it at 37. I just found the book like a few months ago. So I think it's, it's a great thing. I think I do want to key in on one thing you said, though. The school district in Ohio sounds like some version of your first customer. What? How did you get connected with them? Was the point to get feedback? Was the point mm-hmm. to get some social proof from them? What was the kind of thoughts behind working with them? Is it to get some kind of initial feedback from somebody? Yes, that and also the director of curriculum had expressed interest in our program. We knew him through a girl kind of thing. And my business partner, Angie, lives in Ohio and she is friends with a staff member there. So it spread that way. We had several meetings with them. They're wonderful. And the director of curriculum said, I just want to help my staff. I don't know how to help them. Do I give them yoga lessons? Do I have them meditate at school? What do I do? 
Right. And we said, really feel strongly that we can help with that. The idea is to have children go through this, but adults need it just the same, right. if not more. So we had worked on and off with them. Then they got a new superintendent. So we had to start the process all over again. Mm-hmm. And that September, this was last year, I, Angie and I talked about it. I said, why don't we gift them our program? Because they expressed the interest. And we had all these meetings with them. And clearly the, there's a need there. Right. So we ended up having a survey sent out and teachers, they had the choice to go through the program. And we had about 20 educators that uh, agreed to go through this program. And it's about four months. Mm-hmm. It's 13 lessons and you go through one lesson a week. And then there's activities that follow up that are really, at, they make the lessons like apply to your life. Mm-hmm. So they're really useful functional activities to culminate what they learned in the lesson. And we meet with them every week. So yes, that was our, I would say our first run through, like Mm -hmm. official run through of our course. And now we do have an actual, we do our first teen that joined and enrolled our program. And we work with her now with a few others. And she's our first customer. (laughs) Very cool. Now is that like, how did that come about was it somebody you knew was it somebody Mm -hmm. from the website like how did you who was your how did you get your first customer so we went and trained with dave van who's he's a motivational public speaker he's and we did a training with him on how to speak publicly Mm -hmm. and he pretty much helped us develop our presentation okay and was learning about our what we had to offer and he said i really think my daughter would benefit from this And we said, let's set up a call. So it was a connection that was divine, really, for Dave, who's been in the industry for a long time of personal development and hypnosis and things like that. And his daughter is our girl that we work with. And she's, we just love her. And we're seeing and hearing a lot of cool things from her about what she's Mm -hmm. learning. And that's really our why. Right. No, I love that. So many first customers are, I always call it the friends and family plan. Yeah. <laughs> They're always somebody that you know from something, but like those, and mm-hmm. as I'm sure you know from your first experiment or run through in Ohio, like those, the feedback you get, number one, is immeasurably important, but also the ability to go to the next group of people and say, hey, this is what I did for somebody else. Now you have that in your back pocket when you're trying to sell it and make this thing grow. That's a really cool. That's something that I think people can key on is like finding someone to trial your product or your service or your plan or your whatever it is can be really beneficial, especially to you as a business owner. I'm sure that helped you guys hone in and trying to tweak your process when you were building this thing. Absolutely. And we always say we don't have toes. You can't step on them. If you let us know, we want to improve. We want to get better. Right. We want this to, we want the information that we're presenting to land. We mm-hmm. want you to pick up what we're putting down. And if you're not, we want to understand, you know, how to make it better. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was very valuable to have those uh, educators go through it. And we've gotten really great feedback from them. Mm-hmm. And um, what helps us even with testimonials to, we come from small beginnings. We don't have big names yet. So it, until that happens, this is the process that we're going through. Yeah, that's dead on. What, what, you mentioned it before, and it sounds like you are going after a couple of different, you can call them verticals, you can call them mm-hmm. niches, you can call them whatever you want. 
teenage girls, I would have to imagine there's in the magnitude of tens of millions of those in America, just in America alone. Mm -hmm. What what subset of that group are you guys trying to focus on first? Who are you going after if you would just go out tomorrow and find the next customer? The next customer is we're actually having a call tomorrow with a whole family is going to be enrolling in our program. So they have a, a mother, a stepfather, and then three children that are the mothers. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they also have a father, uh, their real father, their birth father, who's he's not going to be involved, but he's also in the picture. Oh, and they have a 13 year old, 14 year old, an almost 13 year old, and an 11 year old. And they want to go through this program all together as a family, which is ideal, really, because yeah. if you're not speaking the same language as your children, then there's no communication or it's a struggle and no parent wants that. I think who we really feel is the best group of folks to chat to about this is mindset for people who are big into personal development because they'll understand the value of the presentation, how we present, what just the, how the course runs. Mm -hmm. There won't be a lot of confusion as to what the why of that of of why we're targeting you know very important foundational skills in the way that we do and that's through spaced repetition and that spaced repetition is how we learn our language it's how we learn our abcs it's how your baby right now is learning everything your baby's subconscious mind is wide open yeah. and everything gets accepted in there so everything that they can't say no to things right so it's the language is filtering in the ability to move hands and legs is all it's all programming that's happening. And it's important for us to realize that we can change the trajectory of lives. You, we don't have to accept everything that comes in. And if we do make sure it's worth your acceptance, right? Like thoughts, right. we're always going to get negative thoughts, but you just let them in and let them out, right? In one ear, out the other. And don't let that continuously impress on your subconscious mind. I'll say the only thing my daughter Amelia will say no to so far is diaper changes. She does the alligator death roll. Yes. And she, and she, not, she wants no part of having her diaper change. Yes, the point well taken. How do you guys plan on... This is a problem that I encountered when I first started my business because I ran my business through Upwork originally, which is just like a freelancing website. So people were coming to me. Mm -hmm. And then when I stepped outside of that to grow the business naturally, I had to do the opposite and filter the entire world down to find the subset of people that were going to be mm -hmm. attracted to an offer like mine. And we do software testing. So it's a very narrow band of people. But how are you guys narrowing down your, so it sounds like you got your forward thinking mindset, open people. How are you trying to find those people? How are you trying to segment down the world to find your people who'd be attracted to your program? Sure. I'm involved with a lot of Facebook groups of similar-minded folks. Mm -hmm. I'm in two different masterminds. And sure. on Thursdays, we host a webinar where we talk about our program. Mm -hmm. And if they want to talk about it further, they can hop on a call. So it's really like attraction. What we're doing is attracting we put it out there and we're attracting those who, who have interest. And it's been a process, though, I'll tell you that. When your business is in infancy, there's so many things you have to do to mm -hmm. run a business. This portion of it is the exciting portion of it, is the sharing mm -hmm. and really getting in people's emails and in their 
DMs just to raise awareness as that what we have to offer people. And so our webinar is on Thursdays from 12 to 1230 Eastern. So we just started that weekly about a month ago. And we've had, we got this one family from that webinar. So it it is, it's starting to really flourish and it's very exciting. And we will hop on a call with anybody. I want to talk to everyone about it and give them the information and have them take with it what they want. But it, it could really change people's lives. And that's the plan. Yeah, I love that. And I think a lot of people don't, you, you seem like you figured that part of it, which is great. I think yes. people struggle <laughs> with that part a lot. If you had to start back over tomorrow with everything that you've learned so far mm-hmm. and start a program like this and go after a subset of people that you know are going to be or you want to be your customers or you think mm-hmm. are going to be your customers, mm-hmm. what would be step one for you? What would you, what would be step one to start the Cape movement again tomorrow if you had to? I think I would. So we would have gone back to our why. Our reason why was to reach children. And in that, we developed an adult program thinking that children should be going through this with the adults. And then we gifted it to some adults. And just to get that feedback, like I said, with the educators, but we did it with families first, but no one followed through. So we're like, all right, let's move on next on to the educators. But we've really gone back to our root of our why, and that's the children. Children, teens, we had a gentleman who was interested in us developing a program for his three-year-old. And so we're now developing Cape Tots. So we have Cape Tots, <laughs> Cape Kids, Cape Teens, Cape Adults, and Cape Educators. Wow. Yeah. Some, lots of Capes. Yes. Like and that. we have two facets. So we have children and parents empowered Cape. We have captivating and powerful education cape. 